98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K1 Podcast. Welcome to week three of the K1 Podcast. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, joined by Rudy Carpenter. The Cardinals are coming off a loss to the Carolina Panthers, 38-20. It's Monday morning, day after Kyler Murray went 30 for 43 for 173 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. He also ran for 69 yards on eight carries. Um, I believe the 30 completions for 173 yards is the least ever for 30 or more um, from everything I could find. Now, the Panthers kind of brought this zone defense. They blitzed late and kind of took the Cardinals out of it. Um, What were your major takeaways, Rudy? Well, I think to start off on a positive note, I mean, anytime you go 30 for 43, I think that's obviously a good completion percentage. This air raid offense and and the the style of offense that Cliff Kingsbury and Mike Leach and all these guys, Hal Mummy, have been running for a long time is really not a – it's not always a vertical offense. It's really a horizontal offense. They want to spread you out. They want to get you in space. They want to throw quick passing game and allow guys like Christian Kirk, allow guys like Isabella, allow guys like Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson, allow guys like Larry Fitzgerald to catch the ball in space and run after the catch. And so this offense is very reliant on the run after the catch or the yak. And obviously, when you get 30 completions and you only have 173 yards, you average, I believe, like four yards per catch. When you don't get those, when you don't get the yak, it can make it very difficult. And so, you know, I think that's, obviously something they're going to want to work on. I do think another positive note is it was very apparent, especially early in the game, that designed runs were were more part of this game plan with Kyler Murray. He made some very big plays with his legs early in the game. They got off to a fast start. I think it was very beneficial to create those run plays to get Kyler Murray involved in the game early, make him feel confident using his legs. Unfortunately, the negative things for Kyler is there wasn't a ton of explosive plays. The two turnovers really, really hurt him, especially at the spot of the game where those things happen. I think that he was pressing. They're obviously down the game. He's trying to create some big plays, trying to create some explosive plays, and obviously turn the ball over. The defense was purposely trying to bait him into that. The other negatives are obviously anytime you're sacked eight times for 46 yards, it's very difficult to overcome that many negative plays. You get yourself into second and long and third and long, and in any offense, it's very difficult. When you allow NFL pass rushers to get in sprinter stances and come off the edge, it's very difficult on your offensive line. And so Kyler's going to need to do a better job on first and second down of limiting the negative play understanding when the play is over and just throwing the ball out of bounds, live to fight another day, and move on to second down. The Panthers really brought pressure late in the game when they knew the Cardinals had to play catch-up, and that's the theme through the first three games is when they get behind, they're throwing a lot. And aside from the Lions game where they were just kind of sitting back for some reason, it looks like the easy answer against this Cardinals offense is to blitz them, is to put pressure on a rookie quarterback. Um, A lot of those sacks came... And the interceptions came late. Um, as far as the sacks go, is a lot of that, I mean, the offensive line was not playing well, I'll say that, but what does Kyler have to do? Does he, is he holding onto the ball too long? Is he trying to make plays that aren't there? Um, and also, is 
there more room for him to improve as far as learning how to climb pockets, how to maneuver in pockets to give himself more time? Well, yeah, I mean, I think Kyler's going to continue to get better and continue to develop. Even though he played probably his worst game so far of the season, I still think that Kyler Murray is a very bright spot on this Cardinals team. He's a guy that they can build with. He's a guy that can be a franchise player. He's going to continue to develop. But the truth is, in my opinion, in this style of offense, and Kyler said it after the game, Kyler said at the end of the game, we became too predictable. Okay, that's probably true. I I think the better word is they're just one-dimensional. Right now, this is a one-dimensional football team. Kyler Murray had eight carries for 69 yards. Okay, that's that. That's great. I think that's what he does. He needs to be a runner. He adds major value as a runner. He's done a good job so far this year of getting down, getting out of bounds, and getting out of harm's way, although he did get hit a few times in this game. David Johnson had 11 carries for 37 yards. Edmonds had three carries for 15 yards. The point is, is this is a one-dimensional football team. And then all of a sudden, when you get down in games, now you're really a one-dimensional football team. And like I said, when you allow premier pass rushers, some of the most athletic guys in the NFL playing on the edge, defensive end, defensive tackle, and linebacker, DB spots, you allow them to get into sprinter stances. They understand it's passing downs. They understand it's a throw every time. It is almost impossible I don't care who the left tackle is or who the right tackle is. It is almost impossible for those guys to be able to block the athletic pass rushers that they're going against when they know they have zero responsibility in the run game and it's a pass. It's very, very difficult. The other thing is it's very hard to win on gimmick plays and it's very hard to win consistently when your offense relies on scrambles and outside-the-pocket plays. At some point in time, Kyler's going to need to learn that in the NFL, you're going to win from the pocket. You're going to win by making good decisions. You're going to win by getting the ball out of your hand quickly. You're going to win by putting the ball in play, which means getting it out of your hand, letting the guy catch and run. You have to anticipate. You have to be accurate. And you have to throw guys open. He's done some of those things at times, but now he's just going to need to understand that he has to do that more consistently, especially when they have a defense that's not going to get stops. This defense isn't going to get stops all year long. It was not good. Um, As far as the pocket goes, I think that's where through three weeks, I'm seeing the most need for him to improve just learning. And I think this is just being a rookie, having the speed that he has in his whole life. He's probably been used to running around and extending plays, whether he's in the pocket or not, but to pass it. And in the NFL, I don't think you can do that. I think the biggest learning curve for him is not that he's fast, but that defensive ends can close on him a lot faster when he's in the pocket and or behind the line of scrimmage if he leaves the pocket. But Going to the very first drive, which I thought was easily probably their best drive this season as far as the diversity, and it looked like the run game was actually going to work because David Johnson had fifteen a 15-yard carry that accounted for almost half of his 37 yards all day. Um, Kyler had a couple runs there, and his speed does translate outside of the pocket and when he's actually looking to run. Um, there was one play where he... I think he faked a handoff to David Johnson. David Johnson went left. He goes right, and it's basically him racing to the corner against, I believe it was a safety. And then there was another play where he just pulled it and went right up the middle that was vacated. There was no one there. Um, what does that do as far as helping? Does that does that count as running game to you as far as like David Johnson's not getting those yards, but does that count as creating some semblance of the running game? Well, yeah, and... Anytime you can use Kyler Murray in the run game, I think it's it's really important because it it, it makes the defense 
It makes the defense have to defend another body, which makes it very difficult. It, it evens out the numbers. Usually it's 10 on 11 because the quarterback's not a runner. So when your quarterback is a runner, it makes it a true 11 on 11 game. And so that's obviously important. It helps the Cardinals regain the numbers. Now, I'm going to say this, and, and, and I believe it to be true, but I, I don't have the empirical evidence just yet because it was only a one game. I don't think it's become a trend. When Andy Reid was at the Philadelphia Eagles, or even when he's at the Kansas City Chiefs, he had always been been accused of their offense was really only good when they were on script, meaning going into the football game, their first 15 plays, they were really explosive, and once they got off script, they struggled. Coming out of halftime, making some adjustments, you know, putting together a script again to open up the second half, they were always really good. After those 15 plays, they struggled. One of the things that it looked like this last weekend with the Cardinals was coming out in the beginning in the first quarter, they were on script, they knew what they were going to be running, their tempo looked good, they were executing crisp and clean, they were executing on script. Like you said, their first drive, one of their best drives. Coming out of halftime, that first drive was one of their best drives. Now when they're back on script, and so to me... Again, I don't want to say it's a trend because it's only one game so far, but really some of the best drives we've seen from these Cardinals teams minus the Lions game, the last two games has been early in the game or when they're on script. And so I'm interested to see how this is going to play out the rest of the season. Is the Cardinals offense only explosive when they're on script or are they going to be able to maintain this throughout the course of the game and be able to adjust as the game goes on to different down and distances, different situations, different places on the field. That's going to be, in my opinion, an interesting thing to watch as we move forward. I also say this, look, Kyler Murray was 30 for 43 for 173 yards, but had the Trenton Sherfield ball been caught, that's over 200 yards right there. Had the Christian Kirk ball been caught, now he's at over 250 yards, and the numbers look a little bit different. The other thing is those two drops alone, I think, lead to scoring drives. Trenton Sherfield's is a touchdown. Christian Kirk's worst-case scenario, that might be a touchdown, or it's at least a field goal going into halftime. So that right there could have been a 14-point swing or at least a 10-point swing. Still not enough to win the game, but... They can make a difference in how the game is going to move forward after that. To your point, I mean, the theme throughout is they do not look like they know what to do when they're behind, and that's where, look, you got to run the ball at some point. You've got to have that diversity and not have people pinning their ears back um, because even in the fourth quarter, I mean, they were down early in the fourth quarter, and you knew that they had to score a lot, but that's 15 minutes to play catch-up. That's a lot of time in the NFL. Um I want to talk about just him taking, Kyler Murray taking what's given to him against that defense that was sitting back. We talked about the long ball to Christian Kirk, I feel like was the only deep pass that they really tried. Um, are you are you fine with how Kyler managed the game and took what was given to him through, what, three quarters? Well, that's really what this offense is designed around. It's designed around getting the ball out of your hand, whether it's wide receiver screens, running back screens, bubble screens shallow crosses, quick slants. This offense is designed to get the ball out of your hands, let your speedy wide receivers catch the ball in space, make guys miss, and get yak yards after the catch. If we're being honest here, that was why the Arizona Cardinals drafted Isabella in the second round. That's what he does. He's a small, shifty guy who can catch the ball in space and run. 
similar to the Texas Tech guys they've had in the past. A guy like uh, Danny Amendola. These are these are the types of guys they're looking for. Guys who are smart. Guys who understand the defense. They can run these option routes. They can catch the ball. And they can get loose in space. And look, when you look at Christian Kirk's stats, he's kind of the guy in that role. He had 10 catches. That's a lot of catches in a football game. But he only had 59 yards. And so they're not getting the same kinds of explosive plays. I think Kyler Mur- or I think Christian Kirk's longest catch was 13 yards. Again, had he had that big catch on the deep over route uh, before halftime, that would have changed some things. But look, I'm fine with with what Kyler is doing on offense. I think he's playing well. I think the issue is is they they're a one dimensional offense, which makes it very easy on the defense to do what you said, which is pin back their ears and get after the passer. It makes it very difficult for Kyler. The other thing is, is once they get down in games, now they're even more one-dimensional. It makes it very difficult on Kyler. And so I just think that ultimately that's that's right now where the Cardinals' problem is. Kyler does need to do a better job, like we said earlier, of limiting negative plays, limiting the number of sacks. I thought there were so many times in this game where he was sliding into pressure, moving into pressure, and looking to run too early, which led to some sacks. But I don't think that Kyler Murray is the problem on this football team. Absolutely not. Um, when you look at this offense, and if you consider the college offenses of the air raid, there's usually a lot more screen passes. That first fits uh, to end of the first drive, that Fitzgerald touchdown was basically him with two tight ends out all alone, and they were out there as wide receivers to block for fits on a quick screen. Or do you think that? That's kind of an answer that Cliff's going to come with as far as his background and trying to get... It doesn't work. Yeah. It, th- this is what bothers me so much. When you're playing in college and you have a corner playing eight yards off the ball, you can kick out a wide receiver screen, and that wide receiver can catch the ball, and he can dance around and make that guy miss and go hit his head on the goalpost or at least make a big play out of it. We saw it in this game. We saw it in this game. Right when that ball is coming out, you're seeing a corner shoot his gun and run full speed and make a tackle. Bird got, These are yeah. NFL corners. These guys aren't college corners. That's the problem in the NFL is when you're in college, you can look on over the field and you can find a mismatch here. You can find a mismatch there and you can take advantage of it over and over and over and over. The NFL is not like that. These guys are good at every position. You can't just find these mismatches and expect to take care of it, especially when guys are unblocked. The other thing that's hard, too, is the rules. In college, they're giving you three to four yards in some of these RPOs and these wide receiver screens to go down the field and block. They're not allowing you to do that in the info. You get one yard. The other thing is we've already seen some of these things been called illegal man downfield or illegal touching. It's... you. you there's so many times in the college game where they're running an RPO and they're faking a handoff to the running back and the inside slot receiver is running a quick out. And as he's running that, the outside receiver is blocking. They're, that, they're throwing the flag in the NFL on that play, whereas in, in college, they're going to let that thing slide. And so I just think these are some things that Cliff is going to have to get used to. And it's one of the reasons that people have said for a long time that the air raid offense doesn't work in the NFL. I'm not saying the, the air raid doesn't work in the NFL. What I'm saying is, is that if the Arizona Cardinals want to win games running the air raid offense, you're going to have to score a lot more points than what they're doing. In the first game, look, if you look in the, the first game, they scored 27 points. The second game, they scored 23 points. This game, they scored 20 points. For easy math, let's just say they're averaging 25 points a game. If you're, if you're going to win in the NFL in the air raid offense, you're going to have to outscore people, and they're not doing that. 
the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not a good defensive football team. But what have they done the last couple years? They've outscored people. That's what you're going to have to do. And the Arizona Cardinals haven't been able to do that. Talent's an issue, too. Um, Receiver-wise, I mean, Bird did not have a big game yesterday. Keyshawn Johnson, three catches for 13 yards. I thought Crabtree would get a little more time. He's still... I, I don't know if he's still getting into football shape or if they just think that he's not bringing anything different. Um, but right now, it's Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, like we thought, and there's no one really taking the top off of Christian Kirk sitting down in a zone defense catching five-yard passes. So I think that's that's a huge issue. They've got to find ways to manufacture deep threats to pull the top off, right? So that's been my biggest complaint all, all, all along, and... and I understand Kyler Murray's a good player and people have their feelings on Josh Rosen, but my whole my whole take on this was it's much more than the quarterback. And we saw that with the Carolina Panthers. We saw a kid in Kyle Allen who went undrafted, who this time last year was sitting in Cardinal Stadium watching the Cardinals play, not on a team. He shows up this week and he goes 19 for 26 for 261 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. He was sacked twice. Okay, for 21 yards. The point is, is Kyle, is Kyle Allen a franchise quarterback? I don't know. Is Kyle Allen a Hall of Famer or a Pro Bowler? Probably not. But he has a lot of good players around him. Christian McCaffrey, 24 carries for 153 yards. Okay, If you look how the, the ball is being spread around, six catches, five catches, two catches, three catches, a bunch of one catches. You look at Curtis Samuel, what he was able to do, catching the football in the yards after the catch, along with the touchdowns. They had three different players have touchdowns that are catching touchdowns my point was is whether you like josh rosen or you don't you spent a, a, a top 10 pick on him and you did that for a reason because you thought he was a top 10 quarterback when you have a young quarterback it allows you to operate on a rookie deal which allows you to build your team when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal that is your window to build your team if you don't believe me go ask the rams go ask the seahawks go ask the eagles and go ask the dallas cowboys teams who have played well the arizona cardinals can still do that my only issue is do we trust steve kime enough to make these decisions there is a gap on offense. When you have Isabella, who you drafted in the second round, and he's not really playing for you, and he's been inactive, and he's just returning kicks when he's in there, and you have Hakeem Butler on injured reserve because of a apparent hand injury, but in my view, more of an injury to keep him on IR so you don't have to cut him, and then you're, you're starting a six-round pick in, in, in Kashawn Johnson, and you're relying on the ageless wonder of Larry Fitzgerald, who I think is the greatest receiver of all time. There's a, there's a talent deficit there's a talent deficit on the offensive line, but what really showed this week is the talent deficit is on the defensive side of the football as well. You can't allow a quarterback making his second start, his first start this season, to walk in here and have a QBR of 90.4 with four touchdowns and no turnovers. Also, one of the one of the great I know this is a K1 podcast, but one of the <laughs> one of the great things we saw yesterday from the Arizona Cardinals was Hassan Reddick played really well yesterday. Yeah. That was a guy who was he was nowhere to be found last year. And so we still don't know what we have in Hassan Reddick, a guy who was a first round pick. To me, I mean, it just goes to show that there's really no plan for these guys who you're drafting high in the draft. When you're taking guys high in the draft, there has to be a plan, especially at the quarterback position. Well, they at least have that. I think 
when you look at Kyler's interceptions, the first, I don't know if you could pinpoint what went wrong there. That just looked like an errant throw, miscommunication. The second, honestly, when you watch replays of, I think it was, his name's Dante Jackson, right? He jumped really high, and Kyler tried to drop that in behind him. Those are bogus excuses for both of okay. those. The first, excu- the first interception's a regular interception. Yeah. Here's what happens. When teams play single high defense, they know that they're vulnerable in the seams. They know that. So what do they do? They take their corners and they do what's called midlining or dividing on that receiver. So if you're a corner and you have a wide receiver, you're playing inside leverage on him. And what the NFL coaches think is that the seam throw is an easier throw than an outbreaking route. So the corner is saying, I'm going to give you the outbreaking route and I'm going to take the easier throw away. So Kyler Murray drops back. It's just it's two seams up the middle and two comebacks on the outside. Basically what happens is is the safety covers the other seam. He's staring down the seam he tried to throw it to, and the corner just did his job. It's called overlapping, midpointing, or dividing, whatever you want to call it. He's literally playing in between the slot receiver and the, and the wide receiver, and if the ball gets thrown in the seam, that's his job to go overlap and divide on and make that play. It's a defensive scheme that the Arizona Cardinals should not it should not be new to them because Pete Carroll's defense, his base cover three carry defense, is the one who designed this style of play. That ball needs to be kicked out to the comeback. The point is, is it's early in it's early in Kyler Murray's career. He understands that defensive scheme. He just thought he was going to go to his best player. He thought he was going to try to rip a seam in there because they're down points and he's trying to make a big play. All that needs to happen is he needs to move on his progression and move out to the comeback and kick that ball out there. But it's Larry Fitzgerald. That's who he trusts, and he's trying to get him a ball. The next play is a whole shot against cover two, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to bait you to throw that whole shot. It's called the Sam Madison rule. Old corner back in the day from the Miami Dolphins. He's playing cover two. The corner's job is to cover the flat. He's going to give you the hole in the sideline open. It's a difficult throw. If the corner has his butt to the sidelines, he's baiting you to throw that. That's what happened, and yes... Yes, he made a great play. He jumps out of the gym. He made a great play on it. But that's what he's trying to do. And I don't blame Kyler Murray either. They're down points. He's trying to make a big play. He's trying to get his team back in the game. And as we've talked about on this podcast before, that's what my worry is with Kyler Murray. I'm not worried about adversity and if he's tough enough or mentally tough enough. What I'm worried about is Kyler Murray saying, I don't trust my team. I don't trust the wide receivers. I don't trust my offensive line. And I for sure don't trust my defense. So when I have opportunities to get the ball in my hand, I'm going to make plays. And you saw that this week. Something breaks down. I'm getting out of the pocket right now. Something happens. I'm going to take off and run. I'm going to be more part of the run game this week, whether that was designed or Cliff just gave him more freedom to pull on some of the zone reads. And in the past game, he got frustrated. He started pressing. They haven't won a game yet. And he's going to start making decisions that are a little more risky. That is natural of any quarterback. And it's what happens when you're a one-dimensional football team. I think he's going to get a little more of that. And like you said, he might see some Pete Carroll defense this coming week. Um, (laughs) What do you what do you want to see out of the Seahawks game? Well, look, I mean, it's it's difficult because the Seahawks are coming off of a, of a home loss to the New Orleans Saints, which is very rare. They don't lose at home very much. Um, but look, I, I'm encouraged by the way Kyler Murray is playing on offense because. They can be explosive. He's been good so far. I think he's going to continue to get better every single week. 
I just don't think this team is going to have a chance to win many games until this defense gets better. With that being said, I hope it doesn't deteriorate the confidence of Kyler Murray moving forward. Yeah, I mean, talking to people before the season started, it was always my feeling that I actually trust Kyler Murray more than I trust most other position groups on this team. And so far, I think, I mean, he's throwing accurate balls. He knows the offense well. And yeah, you can't really fault him for trying to go win a game when it's you're down two touchdowns plus. Anything else you got before we head off to Seahawks? Talk big next game, week. big yeah. game coming up for the Cardinals. Hopefully, they can get a. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big game, but it's also a divisional opponent. Uh, first time Kyler playing a divisional opponent is going to be, you know, uh, interesting experience for him. Thanks to all our listeners. We'll be back next Monday.